back to conservative. I'm super excited for this episode because we are totally shifting gears compared to the last few. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about Christianity, my faith in particular, and I'm going to get a little bit sermony, pastory, preachy on you guys today. I was at my Bible study this week on Monday, and we have been reading through Ephesians, and we talked this week about the final chapter of Ephesians, which has the entire passage talking about the armor of God. And for some reason, this week in particular, it was like I was reading this verse for the very first time. I think every person who has ever grown up in church or spent a significant time going to church has heard the verses surrounding the armor of God more than once. But I had a whole new set of revelations about it this week, and I thought it would make a really excellent podcast episode because I believe that these verses and this passage and this particular message of Paul has incredible implications to conservatives and to Christians for how they are to carry themselves through culture. Now, I am totally understanding to the fact that not every person who is a conservative is also a Christian. However, I find that the majority of Christians are conservative, and if you promote conservatism, you need to be of the understanding that you are promoting traditional Judeo-Christian values into society, which is why I think that this verse is so important to look at today. The best thing I can do here is to start by reading you the set of verses that I'm going to talk about today and use to relate to politics and our modern society. So I'm going to go into Ephesians 6 and start at verse 12 and finish at verse 17. It reads from the NIV translation, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. This verse has never carried any type of significance with me. I always knew it was there. I never fully grasped it. But something happened to me yesterday with this verse that completely opened up my heart and spirit to its true and utter meaning and how powerful that it really is. And that's what I'm hoping that I can relay to you today. Here is my quick disclaimer. I am not a Bible scholar. I am simply someone who reads the Bible as part of my faith. I did have the privilege of getting to go to a conservative Christian institution and learn from other people how to study the Bible well, but I am by no means someone who is a Bible expert. 
I'm simply sharing with you the significant revelations that I had about this passage yesterday and how it so relates to culture, especially in today's world. So we'll start with verse 12, which I'll read it for you one more time. It says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. This is telling us that as Christians, as humans, our battle is with the spirit world. It is with things that aren't tangible. We live in a world where evil is all around us and it is manipulated by the enemy, the devil. He does everything in his power to corrupt, to create falsities, to create lies. Now, every human being has to fight this struggle. Every human being is born with the same original sin that was created by Adam and Eve. That is part of the absolute truth. That is also an understanding that separates Christians and people who believe in Christianity from people who don't. And it is a dividing factor between those who are conservative and those who are Democrat. Conservatives tend to have the understanding that human beings are not perfect and human beings are not perfectible. Democrats, however, tend to have a belief that human beings are intrinsically good and that they are, in fact, perfectible through the use of laws. That tends to be a main dividing factor between the two sides. The difference is is that in this passage, we see that every human being is going to struggle with the spiritual warfare that we face every day. The difference is whether or not you're going to be equipped for that battle or if you are going to be a victim of that battle. Now, it is very easy right now to see the evil in the world. We see it all around us. This is Pride Month right now. I'm recording this in June, depending on when you're listening to it. We're in the epicenter of Pride Month right now. We are watching and seeing a deranged group of trans people try to influence our children, try to influence our world, to eliminate absolute truth. That is something that comes 110% from the enemy. And I think at this moment, it is the most glaringly apparent evil thing in our world. I also just spent two weeks talking about gun control. Removing people's right to protect themselves is also an absolute atrocity. Much of that atrocity contributed to the evil of other people. This is what we're talking about. And anyone who is living in our world right now can understand that we are in an era of so much evil. Now, that evil has always been there, but it is amazing how much of it has come to the surface. Now, if you just read verse 12, you'd probably be a little bit down on yourself. Like, wow, that's a lot of stuff that I have to fight against. But what is so beautiful about this passage is that in verse 13, it starts to tell you how to be equipped for the battle. And it tells you to put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. Those are such powerful words because 
Those words are telling us as Christians, as humans, as people who can oftentimes be helpless to evil, that we have help. And all we have to do is take the armor that God has created for us, freely given to us, and put it on. Clothe ourselves with the free gift that God is giving us, which he is giving us to protect our hearts, our minds, our bodies, and our soul. I think that this is one of the greatest privileges that God has given us is that we are not simply his subjects. We are not simply people who are being tossed around in the waves of life. We are warriors. We are people who have been freely given armor and a sword and a shield to go and fight our battles. That's the kind of God that I want to love and serve. A God that is going to equip me to go forth. The verse does also specifically say that we are supposed to put on the full armor of God. And I'm going to get more to this point a little bit later, but I do want to go through the entire armor of God. I want to go through it piece by piece because part of my revelation yesterday was how significant each piece is and how each piece truly was named with intention. The first piece of armor that is listed in this verse is the belt of truth. Now, I think that it is significant that the belt is what is labeled as truth. A belt is what holds something up. Truth upholds a lot of different things. Truth is a solid foundation. Everything in our lives need to be based off of something that is true. Right now, we have a nationwide attack on truth. Yet, we are instructed to belt that truth around our waist and have it hold all of the other pieces of armor to ourselves. Because this is our basis of understanding. This is the basis of our knowledge. And truth is the basis for what holds so many things. Now, the second piece is the breastplate of righteousness. Now, if you've ever seen a knight, you'll have a general understanding of what a breastplate is. It's a giant piece of metal that forms over your chest to help protect your vital organs. Now, again, it is no mistake that the breastplate is the breastplate of righteousness. To be righteous simply means to be morally correct or justifiable. That's the basic dictionary definition. Now, as Christians, we understand that to be morally right in the eyes of God, following God's law, following his will. But there's more to this than that. There's a reason that righteousness is over the heart, over the chest, because righteousness is a state of your heart. And that righteousness can protect your heart from evil and from harm. It even says in Psalms 112, verse 6 through 8, Surely the righteous will never be shaken. They will be remembered forever. They will have no fear of bad news. Their hearts are steadfast, trusting in the Lord. Their hearts are secure. They will have no fear. In the end, they will look in triumph on their foes. How perfectly does that tie in to our passage in Ephesians? Righteousness is what guards your heart. It helps give you victory. You will look in triumph over evil. 
That is why the breastplate covers the heart. Because your righteousness is what guards your heart and protects your heart from evil. The next piece of the armor are feet that are fitted with readiness. You could interpret that as shoes of readiness, which simply means that we are to be people who are ready to act in situations. We are people who, when the time comes, we will get up on our feet and we will run towards the purpose that God has for us. And we will run towards evil and try to fight it with the power of God. The next piece is the shield of faith, which you can use to extinguish the flaming arrows of the evil one. Now, I'll admit, this is the one piece of the armor that took a little bit more thinking. I didn't have quite as grand of a revelation about this one. But after some thought, I realized that the shield of faith is the shield of essentially trusting God. Faith is trusting God. It's trusting in his will for your life. It's trusting in his providence. The devil is really good at shooting flaming arrows like a terrible version of Cupid. The point of the shield of faith is that your faith in God is a big piece on protecting you from those flaming arrows. Whatever the devil thinks he can throw at you, your faith and your trust in God is going to be what protects you from those attacks. And a lot of the times the devil's attacks don't look like outward attacks. They are attacks on your mind and on your heart and on your soul, making you believe lies about yourself that he has meticulously constructed for you to believe. Having faith in God and having faith in the truth of his word is what can protect us from the lies and the flaming arrows that the devil will try to throw at us. The next piece of the armor is the helmet of salvation. This one, I think, is probably one of the most important. Being saved by Jesus Christ means that our future is secure. Even if we die here on earth, the gift of salvation has secured our eternal future. And the reason I believe that that is worn on the head is because having that knowledge protecting your brain can allow you to have more freedom in the world. It can protect your mind from the evil and from the atrocities that we see on a daily basis. I know personally that my salvation, my knowledge of my salvation, is what oftentimes can allow me to walk through the world unbothered by the evil around me. Because as awful as the evil is around me, I know that this isn't my permanent home. I know that there is something better for me after I die. That's why the helmet of salvation protects my head. Because it protects me from being so mentally encumbered with the evil going on around me that I would no longer have the ability to have hope. That salvation gives me hope. It gives my mind and my spirit hope for the future. Now the final piece of the armor of God is the sword of the spirit, which I believe is the most powerful piece of the entire armor of God. It is the most important piece of the armor of God because it is your tool to be able to fight. Your armor is useless if you're not going to fight. Standing wearing armor isn't helpful to anybody or anything in this world if you don't have something to fight 
with. Now, the sword of the spirit is described as the word of God, which essentially is your Bible. Now, your Bible doesn't provide any type of actual literal fighting power if you were actually fighting in battle. That's why it's a metaphor. But when you're standing in front of evil, the Bible is what holds every piece of information and all of the tools you need to carry out your life and fight evil. Something very important about this, though, is that of all of the pieces of armor, I believe that this one is in the most danger of being misused. We as Christians, and pretty much everyone who has ever experienced Christianity in any way, shape, or form, has experienced what it's like when people misuse the Bible. They create laws or rules that aren't actually written in it. They take verses out of context. Or they take something that they read or they heard a pastor say and they use it as a sharp jab on another person. This is where I look at the sword and I go, if I was ever handed a literal sword, I don't think I'd want to use it. I have no training on how to use a sword. If you're a Star Wars fan, imagine if you were handed a lightsaber. Yeah, it would be really cool, but I feel like I would be a danger to myself and a danger to the others around me. I feel like I would insist on giving me like a training sword. I think that this is an important thing to think about because the sword can be very easily misused. You need to have some training to use the sword properly. It doesn't mean that you can't pick it up, but I think that you need to make sure that you're using the sword at your skill level. That's also part of the reason why I said at the beginning of this, I'm not a Bible scholar. I only have so much training with the sword. And to be able to have good use of the sword, you need to be a good student of the word of God. That's your training. That's how you know how to use it properly in battle. Sometimes I think that part of the reason why Christians don't always have the best perception is because when we go out and we attempt to fight evil, the sword isn't being used properly. And then people see a group of hypocrites. That's not why we should be fighting with our sword. The Bible is an excellent tool. The word of God is absolutely true. It is 110% his. And it is 110% what we should be living off of and what we should be guiding our moral compass with. But if you don't really know what it says, if you've never taken the time to actually read it, train your mind with it, train the sword in your hand, then you will be able to use it to fight for justice, to fight for truth, because you will have had the proper training to use the sword effectively. This armor is truly a gift from God. And it is 110% a privilege that it is something that we can equip ourselves with every single day. Now, I stated earlier that it is so incredibly important that when we clothe ourselves with this armor, that we have every single piece of it with us. The armor isn't going to work effectively if we are missing one particular piece or the other. 
You need to outfit yourself with the entire armor so that you can walk into the world with confidence, with capability, with the protection that our salvation and God offers us. So many times when bad things happen, we hear Christians and conservatives talk about how the world just needs more Jesus. And while that is 110% true, the world needs more warriors for Christ. We need people who aren't going to cower in the background and just go, y'all need Jesus. We need people who are going to go out there and fight for what's right with confidence and without fear. We don't have enough of that in today's society. That's why we have the left running all over us. That's why you see evil running rampant. That's also why you see that when someone finally does try to counteract evil, they're seen as horrible people. They're seen as weird. They're seen as odd because there aren't enough of them. We are supposed to be out there promoting truth, promoting all of the good things, and yet nobody is willing to do it. Because it's scary. I'll admit that. I'll admit that this is something that is scary. Evil is scary. The devil is scary. But these verses tell us every single day we can outfit ourselves with the protection and the love of God. That is the kind of confidence that I want to walk into every single day with. That's why these verses were so revealing to me this week is because I realized that if we even have a chance of taking back our culture, of putting God and faith and family and truth back into our culture, then every single person who believes in Christ, who believes in truth, needs to get up every morning and equip themselves with the armor of God. Sometimes I think that we forget that God knows exactly what we're facing. And he has given us the tools to face the things that he knew was coming before we were even able to fathom it existing. What peace that gives me. The reason that I chose to do this as a topic is because I wanted to relay this newfound confidence onto others. Know that you are protected and that you can have the strength to go and fight this battle. We are in a war for culture right now. And if I'm going to walk into war, I want to be suited with armor. And what better armor to be suited with than the one that comes from my heavenly father? The one that goes, here, child, I know life is hard. Here is a full outfit for you. To walk into life protected. My challenge to every single person that is listening to this right now is to go into life with a newfound confidence. Walk out there. Go into culture. Face the evil that is in front of you. And don't be afraid. God tells us to be strong and courageous. We are commanded to be people who are fearless. And I truly believe that that is one of the hardest things for us to do as followers of Christ, is to be fearless. Because no matter how much we trust God, our instincts to run from the things that scare us are just as strong. My hope in speaking to you today is that I have given you a new found confidence, knowing that you are loved and you are protected. And you are thought about. You are so thought about that you are given a free gift. 
not only of salvation, but of the protection and the confidence that comes with loving Christ. There is nothing I want in this world more than for every single person to know that they can have that for free. They can have it. It's theirs. It's yours. It's available to you. The only question is, are you going to wake up and put on the armor? Are you going to step out of your door every morning, choosing to be someone who battles for truth or someone who cowers in fear? Those are the options. There is no middle ground. You're either going to be someone who promotes what is right and what is good, or you're going to be someone who cowers in fear and allows the world to not only happen to them, but happen to everyone else. I want to be a warrior. I want to be someone who is going out, and no matter what the consequences of my actions are, be someone who is promoting truth. There is nothing that would make me more joyful in the world than to get to heaven and hear the Lord say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. And now, today, this week, this revelation I've had has made me realize that God is equipping me to be able to hear those words. I tear up as I think about it. Because it truly shows the love of God. He didn't create us and he didn't allow Adam and Eve to eat that apple in the garden without also loving us enough to say, I'm going to equip you to get through this life. That is what love is. It's showing you that you can do it. It's not doing it for you. It's not answering every single one of your prayers, but it's giving you the equipment and the tools that you need to walk through life in complete and utter confidence. And that's what we need in our culture. That is what we need in 2022. We need a bunch of people walking out there with confidence. We need people who aren't afraid to stand up for what is true. You need to not be afraid of the mob. They're going to do what they're going to do. But your future is secure in heaven. So why does it matter what the mob does? They aren't correct. You know what's correct. Go out there, promote it, be a champion of truth. Be someone who people can look at and go, that person knows. It's attractive. There's a reason why people come to Christ. It's because they know intrinsically in their soul that that is what's true and good. And that is what they need to fill the void. They tried to fill the void with lies. Don't deprive them of the truth that can free them. That is what we're called to do. That's what making disciples means. And you have what you need. God gives you what you need. So go do it. That is my call. That is my challenge. Don't be afraid of this world. Fear is what allows evil to take over. Walk with confidence, my friends. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Pastor Gretchen. I don't plan on doing a whole lot of this, but this was deep in my heart to share with people today. And I know that there may be some listeners out there that don't necessarily ascribe to the same set of beliefs I do. But if you are interested please reach out to a church, reach out to a pastor, reach out to me. There's a lot that comes with being someone who follows Christ. You are gifted so many things that can help you get through life. 
And while my little message here may not be what changes your mind, I still want to encourage everybody to go out into the world with confidence in knowing the truth and be willing to stand up for what is right and for justice. I truly believe there aren't enough people out there doing this, and I think that this might be the key to changing our culture for the better before we lose it. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the podcast. I don't think that I'm going to do much like this very often, but it's good to change the pace up. If you're interested in following along on when I upload podcasts, please follow me on Instagram. It's at underscore C-O-N-S-H-E-R-V-A-T-I-V-E. I would love to have you join us there. And if you ever have any topics that you would like me to discuss, I would love to have you message me those ideas. I'm always looking for new things to talk about, and I'd love to hear from the people that listen. Until then, God bless you all. Stand firm, love others, and be proud to be conservative.